1: What in the hell do you think you are doing? Hey, John
0: Boy. I'm telling you straight, it's my way or the highway. So anybody wants to walk, do it now.
2: Hey, everybody, we're all going to get laid.
3: And again, it's picked up. It's Darius Leonard, a pick six for the Maniac. Touchdown, I-N-D-Y. Yes, sir. Uh, Oh, what a Double time.
0: John, I have never been better to be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.
4: Hey, welcome in. So the official schedule, the way it aligns for 2023 is coming up tomorrow. But much like today, go ahead and expect some leaks. And you got some leakage earlier today, and I I was kind of leading you down the path of the expectation was that they would go overseas to play a game. And uh, that game will be in Frankfurt, Germany on November the 12th. And that will be the Colts and the Patriots. Now, I'm sure you know this by now, but that is a Patriots home game. So you lose no Colts home games, but I'm sorry. It is so weird. It is so odd. It is so straight out of the ordinary. The Colts and the Patriots playing overseas. And I guess to a degree, unless you're a Jacksonville Jaguar fan who have back to back weekends in London, that's two home games. That is two home games for a team that is supposed to be one of the better teams in the AFC. Two games in London, back to back. That said, were you kind of grabbed by this as much as I was? And maybe it's because we live you know, in that world where this matchup really did matter. But the Colts and the Patriots, who among us ever would have thought that that was going to be overseas, an overseas game? I mean, you think of the Colts and the Jaguars – Well, maybe the Buccaneers and somebody. Maybe the Saints and somebody. Maybe the Falcons and somebody. But, yeah, the Colts and the Patriots in Frankfurt, Germany. Here's kind of the interesting twist to it. And I talked to my friend Kyle Canetta, Bullseyeeventgroup.com. Of course, they're going to be putting something together. And that's where I went to London. And I talk about that all the time. I, I don't. I didn't want to go. They actually... I was talking to David Wood in the hallway. um, David Wood, my boss. And they had to make me go. Like I remember Greg Rakestraw and David Wood and others said, No, no, you got to go. You need to go. No, I don't want to go to London. I got to put pants on and everything else. I don't want to do that. But I ended up going and it was an absolute blast. From start to finish, it felt like it took longer to get to London from Getwick Airport on this bus because of the London traffic. It felt like it took longer than it did for us to fly over there because, obviously, Calcadet and Bullseye put together an incredible package where it was a nonstop flight. We took off from here and landed in Getwick. And I've told you this before. When I came back on Sunday, check that. When I came back on Monday, we left for Getwick during the Sunday night game. I think it was the Steelers and somebody back in 2016. So we left from from the hotel to go to Getwick at that time. I got back here at about 2.45 in the afternoon. I got back on the air. Greg was on here, Greg Rakestraw until 3.30. And then I took over around 3.30. So I was in London and did the Colts pregame show at Wembley on that Sunday and got back here in time on Monday to do this show. It was incredible and I have never been. I was telling David this in the hallway. Never been so glad that people forced me to do something in my life. I go I'm glad because I just don't have good sense. The man was it fun. I mean everything that show from Admiralty and Trafalgar Square. Remember we were doing that? We Yeah, the uh the midday show, me and then I had the, uh, the Colts' happy hour show, and then they unplugged it. They basically just turned the power off. When the pub closes in London, they just turn the power off, and it's over. So they pulled the plug on me halfway through that, but it was still awesome. Admiralty, Trafalgar Square, that was great. Absolutely great. But Frankfurt, Germany. Now, I mentioned this, that stadium is relatively small. So, from what I have heard, and we'll see where this number goes. I have heard that the uh, ticket allotment for both the Patriots and the Colts fans, as of right now, is under a thousand. From what I would heard, so I don't know where that goes, but I mean that's that's almost if you get you know somewhere in between you know, six hundred and whatever number a thousand, yeah, that's not going to be a lot for people to get. And get going. So we'll see how that that transpires. But you kind of anticipated that on this particular year's schedule, the Colts would end up uh, overseas and in Europe, and they are. And they are in Frankfurt, Germany. Now, of course, there is a week prior a Dolphins and a Chiefs game also taking place in Frankfurt, Germany. I have not been to Germany. I would not know. Um, I'm assuming, is the Audubon just go all the way around Germany too, right? Does it go through Frankfurt? I'm assuming that it does. Not that you're going to get out there in your Porsche and try to drive as fast as you can, but I was trying to think of some of the things for fun, if you plan on going or do want to go, what there is to do. One of the things we tried to do from London, it didn't work out. One of the things we tried to do, I was thinking about my friend Max Landis at the time, uh, who was uh, locally from Perry Meridian, has been playing for a number of years and doing a great job in Portugal. And loves it. He and his family live over there. They come back, but he absolutely loves it. But there was the time when we went over in 2016, he was just starting out and he was playing in Belgium. And he had a game and we were going to take uh, the train that goes beneath the English Channel and go to Belgium and watch him play. We just couldn't find enough time. So, just couldn't find enough time. I've heard this before. Uh, This is from Pete. My brother lived in Frankfurt, Germany for years and said the best thing about Frankfurt is the road out of there. (laughs) But that's where the Frankfurt Galaxy played. They have some Frankfurt Galaxy gear. Hopefully so. Yeah, but around 51,000 is that stadium. And as Pete just said, That has, I think, been the most common theme about it is that you maybe had wished you would have gone. I mean, what about Munich, Stuttgart? What about Berlin? Anywhere else? Uh, I would not know. I haven't done a great deal of background research on Frankfurt. Uh, But that is where the Colts will be going, and we shall see. Now our guy Andy Waugh from Ireland, who comes over here at least once a year, uh, I'm sure is planning on going. We saw him in London as well. Yeah, Jim McCann in Southern California says 48 five capacity. I'm telling you, from what I heard, around 600 plus tickets per team. Yeah, we'll see if that gets raised any, but that's that's like family and friends right there, isn't it? I don't know. Doesn't seem like a lot. But obviously, Kansas City and Miami, especially Kansas City with that fan base, as good as they have been, certainly, uh, would be incredibly excited. Probably will eat up those tickets a matter of minutes. But Frankfurt, Germany is the site. Yeah, the Frankfurt Galaxy. When did that close? Like 07, something like that? I just remember a quarter. J.T. O'Sullivan was an outstanding quarterback, I believe, for the Frankfurt Galaxy. They closed in 2007. 2007. Thank you, James. Anybody out there tell me exactly what is the, um, the United States equivalent of Frankfurt? And the idea of the United States equivalent of Frankfurt, Germany. Uh, it seems, I did look up the weather, it seems like the weather in early November is going to be pretty much about the same as the early November weather may be around here. Pretty close. Maybe more around here as to late November. Sometimes you get lucky in that second week of November weather-wise, sometimes you don't. But you know what I mean. Yeah, fr- <laughs> That's great. I'm getting all all the Frankfurt. Germany love right here. But again, they'll be uh, definitely definitely putting something together. I'm sure Kyle could add and bullseye for you guys, and uh, yeah, we'll keep you updated on that. Definitely. And then coming out tomorrow, the rest of the schedule and the way that plays out, I, I could dive into well, you know, it's good, and you know, it, you know, on the road and you get to the quarterback, Is right. I don't know what good any of this is going to do because I frankly don't know what this thing may look like come November the 12th. Uh, and if you do, more power to you. No idea. I, I'm just trying to figure out exactly what's going to down week number one. That's what I'm trying to figure out, week one. I don't have any idea uh, come November the 12th. But I will say this. I don't know if I'm going to let you turn me away. I think because when I went to London, and obviously London is more touristy, I don't know if Frankfurt is touristy. For most of you, it doesn't sound like that it is. And I don't know how that is selected. I don't know how they come up with that, but they did. And there you go. Now we'll see how many of you end up going. Damon Dobbs says, so I'm watching via YouTube Live right now. Is that an Al Green's drive-in shirt? It absolutely is an Al Green's drive-in shirt. The shop in Broad Ripple and Carmel. Brian and Alex put this together, and I love this shirt. Some of us remember going there as a kid. It is Al Green's drive-in right here, Damon. And if you want a T-shirt just like this. On a t-shirt just like this, you can check it out at theshop.com. Hey, J.M.V., Frankfurt used to have an area called the stairs. The higher you went, the price rose and the barriers decreased. What? Are you guys telling me true stories? You get me to say something where I sound ridiculous. Yeah, Frankfurt background. Uh, This is from Litzy right here. Frankfurt is a pretty modern city. It's home to businesses, skyscrapers, and Europe's third largest airport. All of which are state-of-the-art. This may be why Frankfurt has a certain fondness for a wide array of museums. Oh, believe me, I have checked the museums off the list long ago. After all, the city is always a little ahead of its time, but likes to keep records to show it. All right, then. Thank you, Litz. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'll be doing the museum tour. Uh, Justin says, Frankfurt is a cool town. Rhine River Cruise was cool. They love their beer. Well, you know what? I think that makes us all pretty good. I think we all fit in there like a glove now, don't we, Justin? Thank you very much. Uh, we'll take more of your thoughts and whether or not you're going to try to go to Germany to see the Colts play, that's against the Patriots. That is still whack. To me to think about. The Colts of the Patriots are playing in Germany. And I know we're not talking about Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. I'm not talking about the Patriots, you know, versus Andrew Luck in the deflated football game. You know, none of that. You know, Marlon Jackson's interception, not talking about that. Melvin Bullet uh, making the stop. Fourth down, deep in your own territory. Bill Belichick goes for it. I'm not talking about. You know, Bill Polian helping navigate some rules with way too handsy defensive backs, if you remember, for the Patriots against the Colts wide receivers in the day with the competitions committee. I mean, this these are all have been storylines with what has been a rivalry. I, the Patriots fans are going to go, oh, there's no rivalry. And the dorks that work in media there, oh, there's no rivalry. But it has been a rivalry. And I don't really care if it's not a rivalry to them. It's felt like that around here, it is just weird to think about the Colts and the Patriots playing especially a Patriots home game there. That's really weird. But we'll discuss that if you like over the course of the afternoon. I would love for you to drop in some NBA conversation forthcoming um, as well. Bob Huggins is going to keep his job. Get to that story coming up a little bit later on too. Another night of the NBA postseason coming up. Lakers and the Warriors right here coming up at 930 as Golden State tries to stay alive. Are the Lakers just like calling up a bunch of dudes that normally play outside and pick up games? According to Mike Greenberg, what are they going to do? Did Darvin Ham say, well, I think this Greenberg guy's got a point here. Let's not play anybody. Let's rest these guys. Let's rest these guys like it's a January game. That's what you want to do. Let's listen to Mike Greenberg. Good idea, Mike. Well done. And I guess it's good because New York plays Miami tonight, so New York's not going to have to deal with the humidity of South Florida. New York. Uh, That is good. Uh, Jeff Rabjohns will join us coming up at the bottom of the hour. I'm going to have Jeff go over all of what has taken place so far via the transfer portal. And you saw this earlier today, right? So Hunter Dickinson basically said, well, the reason why I got the hell up out of Michigan and now I'm going to Kansas is because of what? It is because of NIL money. Because the money that I am going to get through that. And there you go. It's not like anybody thought it was otherwise, though, right? You pretty much knew that was going to be the case. Uh, We'll talk to Jeff about that. We'll talk to Jeff about IU, what they have done so far, other Big Ten schools, what they have done, what they have lost, and the way that the transfer portal has done the landscape of college basketball. Over the past month and a half or so, Jeff Rabjohns of com is going to join us coming up at the bottom of the hour. Kevin Bowen is going to join us in the four o'clock hour. I did want to give a shout out to our good friend Jake Query of the morning show, Kevin and Query. Uh, he uh, graduated today, he got his uh, diploma from IU Kokomo, I believe. I didn't even walk when I graduated. I'll be honest with you. I'm not quite sure that I did graduate. I wasn't going to test that theory. So I just, I think I ended up doing something in Bloomington when graduation happened for Indiana State. I thought, man, you know what they're doing? I don't want to give them an opportunity to change their mind. If I walk up there uh, in my robe or gown or whatever, maybe going pantsless. Yeah, I don't want to give them any chance to change the mind. So I pretty much got the hell up and got out of there. I love going back, but just there are some things you think, all right, you know, when when you get the answer, it's like sales. How many of you do sales out there? When you get the answer you're looking for, and I know this sounds so much like the Wolf of Wall Street or sounds a lot like um, Wall Street, But when you get the answer you're looking for, then get up and get out. (laughs) What was that? When you get the answer you're looking for, hang up. Um, What was the one with uh, Affleck in 99, 98, 99? I think it's 99. What film was that? I have no idea. Oh, man. See, I hate it when I bring stuff up. And you know that I know this, and then I can't. All I can think about in my head is rounders right now. Why is that? That's just bad by me sorry about that uh not grinders (laughs) that's a porn um (laughs) grinders (laughs) what
5: is it what am i thinking of here I'm looking up his filmography right now. When you now. get that, when you... What, when, what year did you say it was? I think it was 98 or 99 right there. All right, in 98, he was in Shakespeare and Love, no, Phantoms, and Armageddon. No, no, no. 99, he was in Dogma, Forces of Nature, and 200 Cigarettes. No. None of those. Huh. Are you sure it was 98 oh, or 99? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, 97, Chasing Amy, Going All the Way, Goodwill Hunting. Boiler
4: Room. Golly, what's wrong with my head today, Alan, Toby, and Joseph? That's Boiler room. Boiler room. What is wrong with me? See, this is what happens. I've told you this before. I am a creature of habit. Um, I am routine oriented. So I am uh driving to pick up Blake today, and evidently I run over something in the construction area of thirty seven slash I sixty nine, and I heard it, it was loud, and I thought, ah, okay. So I kept driving. And I was talking to John Griffin on the phone about something, and then I heard this roar. I heard this very unfamiliar roar, and I thought, oh, boy. So I pulled over right around stop 11 and 31, um, right, I think, in the, uh, the parking lot of financial center or whatever. And, man, I had a flat tire. It was flat like flat could be. So I called Joe Childers. Car X location was basically right across 31 from where I was. And Mike Alcorn came out and fixed everything up. And I was hosed. Absolutely hosed. So a shout out to Mike and to Joe Childers. I'm telling you, there is nobody better than your 14 Central Indiana Car X locations. And if you're on the south side, US 31 and Stop 11, that is the one that I went to today. Actually, they came to me. I was hosed, and some stupid goose tried to bite me, sitting up against a light pole trying to make arrangements for Blake and do this, and this goose comes out of no, I didn't even see him, and these things are mean. I thought, hey, jackass, I'm trying to make a call here. I got a flat tire. Just don't try to bite me. Hissed at me, tried to bite me. You ever, you ever take a bite from a goose? Uh, I have not, no. Oh, sucked. I had
5: a a goose chase my car once. Man, mad. Jeez,
4: man, I don't know what, but it was mad. Uh, But Mike Alcorn, thank you very much. And uh, the great folks at CarX and Joe Childers for doing just that. They they fixed me up. It was uh, a nail. And as you know, I'm a tire man by trade back in the 90s, and I could have certainly tried to put the truck up on, but I, I dropped one, one time. One time and smashed a right front quarter panel um, off the jack lift. <laughs> one time. Only once. Only once. But, Mike, thank you very much. That's the CARX location, Stop 11 and US 31. And I tell you all the time, there's nobody better. Nobody better than CARX. Nobody better than Joe Childers. And once again, uh, they show me just that. Because I'm sitting in the parking lot going, man, this thing. And you can, like, hear the air just hissing out of it. You know, it's hosed. Just absolutely hosed. So, thank you, Mike. And the 14 Central Indiana CARX locations. And Joe Childers as well. Yeah, get the answer you're looking for and hang up, boiler room. What is my problem? See, that's what happens. I mentioned I, I get out of my routine, and I kind of lose it a little bit. It's weird. Like, I'm somebody, I've got If if I start and it's messed up, it takes me a little bit to reel it back in. I don't know why that is. Weak, I guess. But if I start and things are messed up and things – if I start and things aren't comfortable for me, that's why I get to a lot of places and soak places in, right? Anybody else kind of work that way? But if I get off to a bad start, I would be a horrible cornerback. Well, A, because I'm incredibly slow and out of shape, but B, because if I got beat, if I got burnt, I would sit there and think about how I just got beat and got burnt for like five minutes afterwards. Drive me nuts. So I got all out of my routine today, but I want to again thank uh, Mike Alcorn and and CarX for helping me out today. And uh, again, the Tundra continues to move well past 516,000 miles. And you know what's been great about that? I had no idea where the jack was. I go, where is the jack And I've never used the jack. But it was awesome. Now, thank you guys very much. I mentioned Jeff Rabjohns on the show. Kevin Bowen's going to join us. Of course, Jake graduated today. That was awesome. Love seeing that photograph that he sent via Twitter a little bit earlier. And we'll talk to Kevin about that, I'm sure, and more about going to Frankfurt, the Colts, that matchup, how odd it is talking about that game with the Colts and the Patriots in Europe. A lot of Colts conversation coming up there. And Mitch Hannes. So Indiana State wins again yesterday. Indiana State, 11th ranked right now. And I want to say have lost two games since the end of March. Arguably the hottest team in college baseball right now is Indiana State. And had a big game against Ball State yesterday. Got a weekend three-game set at home at Bob Warren Stadium over in Terre Haute against Murray State. I think they have a road visit to Missouri in between Murray State and Southwest Missouri State on the road in Springfield, Missouri, to close things out at the end of the season. We'll talk to Mitch Hannis about what has been an incredible season. It didn't start out well. See, I, I kind of describe myself. If I were Indiana State, if I would have gotten off to that type of bad start, I would have been a mess a lot of the way. But give credit where credit is due. Indiana State picked themselves up and, again, has been one of the hottest baseball teams collegiately that we have seen up until this point. I mean, incredible. We'll talk to Mitch Hannes, their head coach, coming up at 530. About that. All right, here's what I got for you today. Brian Adams, by the way, was on the show yesterday. I have Carb Day tickets. I have qualifying tickets for you. Brian Adams, if you missed that conversation in the 5 o'clock hour, the headliner at Carb Day 2023, that podcast is at 1075thefan.com. He was very enjoyable to talk to, and it appears he's going to stay for the entire weekend. I did see what Mark Miles said said about the L O Cool J drop Of the greatest spectacle in motorsports. And if you listened to Doug Bowles on the show yesterday, I think Doug kind of wanted to go there, but that just not Doug. Uh, Mark Miles didn't hold back on it. (laughs) He didn't. I believe when you roll with, quote, a crock of blank, you're going all in. So when was the last time that any of you used the phrase, a crock of blank? And I'm assuming at that moment when you said that, you were all in about something in your life. You were not happy about something. Something had drawn your ire. And that's definitely what happened again. Doug Bowles is really good to say it the right way. That's why he is perfect for that gig. But you can kind of tell that others were not so happy that it happened again. Man, it's not like LL Cool J came down there and said, all right, uh, I just can't live without my radio. And by the way, too, the uh, greatest spectacle of motorsports is just about ready to take place. So we'll get to that coming up a little bit later on, too. So I've got Carb Day tickets. I also have qualifying tickets, and we have LL Cool J tickets to give away for his show coming up in August at Gamebridge Fieldhouse as well. 239-1070 is the number. The email address, jmv1075thefan.com. Inside the lounge via YouTube Live, you got us there. HD Radio, the stream, the app, and where we're going to be on Friday. I'm going to have your chance to win a, a very close getaway that makes sense to you and something brent halverson is a part of and this makes perfectly good sense why you should join us that's coming up on friday up near pendleton in a great spot i'll tell you what that is coming up we'll get to your calls give some stuff away jeff rabjohns kevin bowen mitch hannes all coming up on the show 93 5 5 the fan
6: whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
0: The Ride with JMV. I am the cream, yeah, the cream of the crop. And there is no one that does it better. 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan.
4: All right, here's what I want. Frankfurt, Germany. So I got to do the JMV Takeover November the 11th from Frankfurt. But are we thinking that Jim Irsay, is Jim Irsay and his band, will they recruit like Klaus Mine and Scorpions maybe to do a show? Where's uh, Nana? I'm trying to think. I got all my German music background rocking right here. So maybe Jim Rousseau can put together a band that has some of the Scorpions like Klaus Main. Let's see. Who else? Germany. I think Milli Vanilli were German. One's no longer with us and they didn't do their own music. What is it? Is Kraftwerk German too? Yes,
5: craft
2: Oh, is look at James
5: is all over some craft Oh, yeah. I was about to su- uh, suggest, <laughs> I don't know if you'd like him, but uh, Ramstein. They'd be fun. Is it Ramstein or Ramstein? Ram- Ramstein. I've heard Ramstein. Ramstein, whatever.
4: Uh, I got a friend out there right now in Greenfield, Indiana. His name is Jason Bush. He is the biggest Kentucky fan, Kentucky honk in the state of Indiana that uh, loves him some Ramstein. So, you into that stuff, huh? Oh,
5: yeah. Raptor I love, work. Ramstein. I love, I mean, I love uh, heavy stuff. Oh, do you? Yeah.
4: You a Slayer? I love Slayer, yeah. Well, look at James here. <laughs> oh, yeah. we're, we're opening up this, this little box of James right here that we did not know. So, yeah, Jim Mercer, get the Scorpions out there. The Scorpions started. Frankfurt, Germany, November the 12th. The Colts will play the New England Patriots. And again, that is a Patriots home game. And it is a nearly 50,000-seat stadium. And these tickets may end up being tough. I just know that uh, Kyle and Bullseye are putting together something. I'll let you know when they get it. Meantime, Andy Moore, Automotive Group Hotline from Peaks.com. He is a friend of the show, and I know he's keeping track, firm track, of what's going on in and out of every transfer portal in major college basketball. He is uh, Jeff Rab johns with us. Hello, Jeff how are we doing today? So Hunter Dickinson says today that basically insinuates that it was about NIL money from Michigan to Kansas, and that should come at zero surprise to anybody, correct? Because it is going to be, if not 100 percent of the time, 90 plus percent of the time, that this is what this is going to be about. Is that a good enough number? Is that too high, too low? What do you think?
7: That might be a little bit high. Um, But it's absolutely a a major factor. And good for Hunter for being honest. I mean, why in the world should these kids have to, like, you know, lie or pretend like money doesn't matter? I mean, if if a guy's out there making $60,000 a year and somebody says, hey, come over to my company, I'll pay you $400, is the guy going to take the job? Yeah. Why? Because of the money. It's okay. You know, in my opinion, it's okay to just say it. If somebody's going to give you a much bigger NIL deal, than where you're at, and that's the reason you're transferring. I see nothing wrong, John, with just being honest and saying yeah. I got paid more. I, was, I mean, yeah. m- m- most people change jobs outside of maybe location or a very specific family reason. Most of the time people change jobs because of money. It's okay.
4: Yeah, and uh, listen, there are still old school folks, Jeff, and you know this too, that look at the college game in a much different way. Uh, and not have moved along to where we are right now. Some kicking and screaming, others have not gone there yet. Will, will something like that help move those people further away? Now, ultimately, you either like the college basketball product no matter what, either leave or you stay, you don't really have much of a choice here. But does a comment like that with those that are trying to get used to it and maybe aren't yet, does it kind of push them further away?
7: I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Because you know, last year when uh last off season uh for college football, you know, there was the transfer portal, there were NIL deals and there were all these people, all this noise on social media, I'll never watch college football again. It's become professional. What happened? College football had great ratings. Great ratings. So I really don't know if, if- people in of any significant number are going to be pushed away from college basketball. I know some don't like it. And I understand that. That's, a, it's, a, it's a very reasonable position to say that if if you say you don't like the money being discussed openly, okay, that's very understandable to say. What I would say to that is money's always been a part of it. The only thing that really has happened, two things have happened. One, the money has gone from under the table to being legal and being on the table. And two, Kind of the curtains being pulled back here. People are seeing that this stuff happens. So those are really the only two things they have. And money is, I mean, you can go back to Sam Gilbert and UCLA. You can go back to, you know, Kansas getting in trouble for openly buying players in the 40s. You know, I mean, this stuff's been going on for nearly 100 years. It's just now far more visible, and it's being discussed openly. So some people don't like it, and that's an understandable position to take.
4: So Jeff Rabjohns of Peaks.com is with us. We're going to move on in just a second to the, the change of pace some of these players have had, where they're going uh where they're going to, where they're going to whether it's IU or someplace else. But I'm curious how sustainable is the monetary portion of NIL long term right now, in your mind?
7: I think the general concept of being able to, you know, businesses, whether it be You know, people, you know, businesses just, you know, paying somebody directly to advertise for their their business, Uh, whether it be the collectives, which are growing in number. Um, You know, the Hoosier Hysterics, obviously, has been a big collective for Indiana. You know, they had uh, Jalen Hood Shafino as a Hoosier Hysterics ambassador. Same thing with Malik Renault, And, you know, IU also has Hoosiers for Good, which just announced, I think it was 24, 20-some athletes who – They signed to do charity work. You have, you know, Hoosiers Connect. So I think the general idea of their boosters, um, businesses, fans assembling, uh, like with the collectives, I think that's sustainable. I don't know if the top-end numbers that you hear are sustainable. Um, You know, when, uh, you know, Ryan Day comes out and says it's going to cost us $13 million at Ohio State annually for a football roster even though that's a big fan base, are they going to be able to come up with $13 million every year? You can do it once when it's brand new. It's kind of like buying a new car. Okay, well, it's going to cost 45000 for the car that I want. Okay, great. We're not, most people don't buy a new car every year. So I don't know if the top-end dollars are, are sustainable. We'll see on that. But the idea that players are getting paid, yeah, I think that's here to stay. I really do. Now, the model may change. You know, you still got some court cases out there. You know, and some people say, well, why did the NCAA allow this? Well, they lost court cases, okay? And, and when, when the court rules, your opinion no longer matters. And NCAA rules do not uh, trump uh, court decisions. So when the court speaks and says these players do deserve to get paid, you can no longer ban them from the marketplace – Boom. Then payment is here to stay. So I, I do think it's here to stay. I really do. Hey, I do. My question is, will the top end dollars change here in right. the next five to ten
4: years? No, I think that's a good question to ask there too. I would agree with that. The reason why I know about this, and I don't know about others, and how other you know universities deal with this i just know it from being in and around bloomington that you know the varsity club has always been there as a a fundraiser and how does that go with nil um what 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 are the differences is it the same i I just i was kind of curious about that how they go alongside one another
7: sure sure i think that that's one of the things that was a big question when uh, some of those court rulings were rendered Okay, well, do boosters then uh, contribute to their university directly? It's talking IU, you're talking Varsity Club, um, or do they sort of split it? Maybe, okay, instead of 10 grand a year to varsity, it's five grand a year to varsity, five grand toward, toward an NIL to help with you know, roster management and, and player procurement. And yes, I know it's not supposed to be offered as an inducement, but you can tell recruits, hey, If you're IU, you can say, here's what Trace Jackson Davis got. Here's what Jalen Fitzgerald got. You're not supposed to make a direct promise, but you can speak to facts. What did our players get? Whatever university you are. Um, So I think one of the things is universities have realized they need a robust NIL program or they will struggle in recruiting because it will be used against them. And so I think some people some schools are realizing that, Um, It's okay if our boosters, you know, kind of take some of their varsity club money and, and give it to NIL. Certainly entities like the varsity club still need to do well for the universities. But if you don't have good players, you're not going to win games. And if you're not winning, I don't care how much money you've got for facilities for, you know, new lights, new scoreboards, whatever, you know, you need good players to win games and the number one thing most fans want for their college team to do is what? Win. So I think most universities have realized, yeah, our boosters, our businesses, they need to be participants in, in NIL or our chances of winning start to dwindle very significantly and very quickly.
4: So so will the NIL just will it ultimately do away with something like the Varsity Club then because they view I, that as so much more important?
7: I don't think so, no. Because I think entities like the varsity club are still very very important. They do things for for the teams um, they do things for the overall sports programs so having you know a strong varsity club is still very important, but I think most schools, at least where I know administrators they're realizing we got to kind of work in a way hand in hand with nil entities so it's it's almost like I, th- I think when nil first you know started the whispers started getting real loud there were some schools who went oh my gosh this is going to cut into our fundraising now this is going to be armageddon what are we going to do and now i think more people realize there's a little more if not a true partnership or at least kind of a symbiotic relationship that we need to exist together because we have the same common goals and and if dollars are going to be sort of you know um, you know, associated with, with both NIL entities and with the varsity club types. I think people have re- the smart people have realized not only is that okay, but that's a likely good path to giving your programs the best chance to succeed moving forward.
4: He is, uh, Jeff Rabjohns of Peaks.com. I- and this is just your opinion here. Where would you think IU, the team that you cover certainly most, would rank in terms of NIL right now? Where they are compared to others in the Big Ten, compared to others like them in major college basketball.
3: Um.
7: Okay, this is just based upon. Yeah, can we rank everything? So hell, we might as well rank this too. I might as well. I right now, based upon what I've heard, I would put Indiana second in the Big Ten behind Illinois. Um, Illinois has got some very, very, very big hitters uh, in the Chicago area who have participated in NIL. Again, this is all based upon what I've been told. So I I would put Indiana second in the Big Ten behind Illinois. Um, Where they rank nationally, you know, for basketball, they're up there for basketball. Um, You know, Arkansas is way up there. Uh, Kansas is up there. Alabama is up there. Um, My understanding is Duke and Carolina are up there. But Indiana is probably for basketball, top 10, probably. Um, you know, I, th- I think Creighton is, is, is up there. I think St. John's is going to be up there. They, they've got a, one very, very, very big hitter who has come out, and I believe he's even commented publicly now. I don't know, but if he hasn't, I know he's commented privately that, that he's willing to put in significant money for St. John's to have a strong NIL program. Um, but right now, I'd put Indiana for basketball nationally. Top 10, top 15, ballparking it. Yeah,
4: that's Jeff Rabjohns with us. So how has this offseason been for them with regard to the transfer portal, Jeff?
7: Well, I think it's, it's been good on getting, obviously, um, you know, front-court players uh, that have done a good job with that. Certainly, you know, landing Kellell you know, the former five-star uh, player out of high school. Um, he was a freshman last year at, LS, at, uh, at Oregon. You know, Indiana landed him. That, that's certainly one of the better gets. Uh, in, in the portal um, they added Anthony Walker for from uh, a really athletic power forward from Miami who's a role player last year came off the bench he gives them more athleticism and length which which are two things that Woody definitely wants you know now you added a uh, Peyton Sparks from uh, uh, Ball State you know so he was a double figure scorer last year for Michael Lewis uh, at Ball State so he, he'll he most likely projects to be, you know, a center off the bench, depth, you know, helping fill in maybe behind where maybe playing some power forward minutes, maybe, um, you know, uh, summing in for Malik, you know, but we'll see. Um, where Indiana has struggled a little bit is, is getting a big-time shooter. Yeah. You know, they, they went after Nick Timberlake, who went to Kansas. Uh, they went after Chris Leblum from Harvard, who went to Tennessee. They went after Dalton Connect, uh, who I think is going to be really good a guy who just blew up last year at the Northern Colorado. Uh, he ended up going to Tennessee. Um, but they went after Cormac Ryan, um, transferred from Notre Dame, ended up going to North Carolina. So the, the one the one area where Indiana did struggle some was, was getting some guards and wings who are, you know, more proven, productive, three-point makers. Wing scores, scores from a guard position, um, but the portal hasn't closed yet. So I know it's been open for a while, and I know some people are like, "Oh no, no, it hadn't happened yet." Um, and I understand sometimes you know fans get tense when they don't see what they want to see right away. But um, it's going to be interesting. The portal isn't closed. I'm still going to be intrigued to see what happens with some of these guys who have put their name in for the NBA draft. We're now starting to get feedback. Do they stay in? The draft, or do they decide? Hmm, I'm going to jump in the portal and excuse me, you know, see what kind of NIL options are out there for me. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's where it stands right now for for Indiana. They've done a really good job on the front line uh, with transfers. Have kind of struggled with guards and wings, uh, so we'll, we'll see how they close out the, the portal class. They're, they're they're the Indiana transfer portal class right now sits uh, 11th in the country. So, or, I'm sorry, it's, take that back. 20th. Uh, it's 20th overall. Um, without the recommit. So we'll see. We'll see. And obviously, you know, if IU were to land, you know, five-star McKenzie yeah. um, he's not a transfer portal guy. You know, he was just a, he was a he's a high school kid, you know, decommitted from Duke, reopened, right. had everybody of note in the country came after that kid. And uh, Indiana's right there in the final two.
4: We'll see what happens. Jeff, Rabjohns at Peaks.com. I I, I really appreciate you kind of straightening a lot of that out for us, too. I will probably call upon you because this is way, way above me. So I appreciate you dropping that in on us, too, man. Very much so. No problem. All right, Jeff, you have a fantastic weekend. We'll do it again soon. Sounds good, man. Talk to you. It's, uh, Jeff Rabjohns of Pigs.com via the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Podcast 107.5, thefan.com. Mitch Hannis, head coach at Indiana State of the baseball program. They started 2-8. and eight. They are 33-13, winners of seven consecutive. I believe 20 of their past 21. Head coach of the Sycamore baseball team at 5.30. Kevin Bowen, top of the hour. Stuff to win, too. Don't go anywhere. 93.5, 107.5. The Fan.
6: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
0: The ride with JMV. This is your brain on drugs. Any questions? 93.5 and 107.5. The fan.
4: <laughs> Sorry. Frankfurt, Germany for the Colts and the Patriots coming up November the 12th. I'm wondering if Jim Irse can put a band night together and maybe use uh, Nana and do 99 Red Left Balloons or the Scorpions. You can tell this may have. I don't know how much Ramstein or Romstein or Ramstein or whatever I'm going to end up doing here. I'm sorry, James. You're good. I don't know how much of that, a craft work I might do because craft work, uh, it may run some of you off a little bit. Like I I dig it, but um, it may run some of you off. So we may go a lot of a lot of German stuff here today for Germany in a stadium that seats less than 50,000. So as you might well know, that could, um, could end up being a difficult ticket. I'm not sure, but I do know that Bullseye and Kyle Kinnett, they're going to come up with something, some kind of package for you too. November the 12th, again, it's a Patriots home game. And that was leaked out a little bit earlier. It is an unveiling of all before they're leaked, I guess. Probably after they're leaked. They'll come out before that tomorrow. But an unveiling of these schedules tomorrow. Kevin Bowen will talk about that and a lot more. Kevin Query, weekday morning, 7 until 10 a.m. on The Fan. Kev joins us next.
0: The Ride with JMV.
7: Attention, whoever you are, this channel is reserved for emergency calls only.
5: Lady,
0: do I sound like I'm ordering a pizza? 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Ladies and gentlemen, Peter Schilling of Major Tom
4: fame is German. Frank for Germany, November the 12th, coming up this season. That's where the Colts and the Patriots, or as Bill Poleon would say, the Patriots, will meet, which is really weird to say it. It is. It's really weird. If you were saying the Colts and the Jaguars, okay. But the Colts and the Patriots, it sounds really weird. Frankfurt, Germany, November the 12th. Uh, the rest of these schedules released. You'll probably see a majority of them leaked before the release tomorrow. But the release is coming at you tomorrow. Uh, Mitch Hannes is the head coach of the baseball Sycamores. They're ranked 11th in the nation, and they have won 21 of 22. Seven consecutive. And um, he's going to join us coming up at the 5 o'clock hour. Actually, 5.30, I believe, too. They beat Ball State yesterday. Uh, They have... Let me out here. Murray State, I believe, this weekend over in Terre Haute. Then they have Missouri in Columbia on their way out to Springfield, Missouri, to take on Missouri State. I think I said Southwest Missouri State earlier. That's obviously a reference back to the olden times. Uh, Missouri State to close out things in the Mo Valley. And then we'll see what happens after that. But it's been a hell of a run. You know, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, that baseball team over in Terre Haute did not have a great start at all to the season. When you look at it, two and eight out of the gate, eight and eleven, and then twenty five and two since being eight and eleven. Uh, Mitch Hannis five thirty today. Andy Moore Automotive Group pot line. He is the one that didn't graduate today from college. Uh, Kevin Bowen. Of Kevin Inquiry, weekday morning, 7 until 10 a.m. on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. I'm proud of the fella. I am. I'm happy for him. Kev, are you there? Hello, Kevin. Kevin Bowen, come in.
8: Hey, sorry. Sorry, you got
4: me? Yeah, I got you. What are you doing?
8: Sorry about that. I, I literally don't know what happened there. I thought uh, I was I was connected to you. Uh, last I heard, you said that I wasn't the one that graduated today, and then I lost to
4: you, so apologies. Ah, okay. So tell me this: Are you like me, incredibly proud and happy for Jake Quarry that he got that done? That, I'll be honest with you: There's no way I could have done it. Like if I find out. And that's why I probably don't want to know if I found out that, you know, you really didn't graduate. We just wanted to hustle your ass out of Terre Haute. Um, If I found that out, I don't think that I would have the wherewithal, the motivation to go back. So I'm proud of him
0: for that.
8: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it sounds weird, like, just going outwardly and feeding Jake's ego because that doesn't really need to happen. But I, I told him several times on air, I told him this morning when he called in, Driving up 31, that I thought it was a pretty darn cool thing that he did. Easily could have thrown in the towel. He put in some long hours. Like it was kind of wild to Mark and I when he would come in studio and, and we just talk about, hey, what'd you do yesterday? Blah blah blah. It's like, oh yeah, I was at the whatever, the like Glendale Library for three hours with my tutor, and I'm just like, gosh, that sounds awful. And, and again, this comes from someone that you know, i the son of two teachers and been fortunate to teach at IU for each of the last four years uh and i just doing schoolwork sounds absolutely miserable and then you take out the motivation of like you know when you're whatever 19 20 21 you're thinking oh i got to do this to get a job and uh, have success in the professional field or whatever keep my parents happy uh the fact that none of that motivation is there for him i think just kind of adds to it so yeah i was i was genuinely genuinely happy for him loved that his family got to go up there for it and I hope that the uh, hip hugger right now celebrating. Is it still open? Well, there's ever a day for it to get some Wednesday action. You would think graduation for some some reason. I thought the hip hugger
4: was closed.
8: Yeah, I'm afraid you might be right. You know, I think the old 31 maneuvering around Kokomo uh, potentially ended several businesses, and that establishment being one of them. Uh, But I don't know. In my mind, I would like for still
4: be open. Well, I mean, he's a, a friend of your show, and he's a friend of this show, too. Uh, noted Bass fisherman extraordinaire Calvin Fitch, I believe has told me before that the hip-hop hub- hugger is no longer open, I believe. so. And if I'm wrong, we'll make sure we make up for that.
8: Yeah, that that's an error that we want to make sure that we hopefully correct if that is true. But yes, Calvin was tweeting at us this morning about a brewery, brewery for Jake to stop at. Um, so yeah, I I love the picture. Um, I thought I was I thought it was really really cool that yeah. he decided to do that over multiple semesters, and uh, I hope he feels a uh, you know some sort of accomplishment, proud moment, et cetera.
4: Yeah, see that's what I thought in '93. I think they just came together, uh, the powers that be at Indiana State, and said, "All right, we need to get this dude back to Greene County Stat. Just giving this piece of paper and telling him to get out of here." I think that's how that went down.
8: You know, I'm gonna imagine there's probably a decent sized list of Indiana State Sycamores on that list each year. So for you to be near the top of that list is probably saying something.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was proud of it. I mean, listen, it was a university with ashtrays back then. It was pretty cool. So.
8: And now they're about ready to host the regional,
4: right, for baseball. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into that with uh, Mitch Hannis coming up at 5:30. By the way, Kev, Derek says he can confirm the hip hugger is open for business. It is open. <laughs> There you go,
8: boy. You imagine what the happy hour special looks like today. So <laughs> hey, here we go.
4: The old buffet. You think oh, you yeah, are you eating cool. at the buffet? They got a buffet at the hip hugger.
8: Well, yeah, I don't. You know, eating at the hip hugger, you could probably go a lot of different ways there. But um, yeah, we asked Jake if there was anything breakfast related at the uh, at, at the hip hugger. But you know, maybe now again a little early dinner there. Get back. You know, uh-huh. you're, you're going to beat rush hour. You don't want to deal with that. Uh, I know Kokomo's got you know. 31, that's a little bit less traffic-centric nowadays, but stop there and then make sure you're back in time for for the show tomorrow.
4: Yeah, sounds good. You've never been to the uh, strip club buffet at noon, the lunch buffet?
8: Well, yeah, I I cannot say
4: I have. I mean, how many Uh, years you spend in Bloomington? You never once went to the the lunch buffet at Night Moves?
8: But uh, someone did tell me Night Moves was closed. Is that true? I would imagine probably.
4: Something's closed. I, I mean, yeah. I'm a little off my game today with remembering stuff because I had a flat tire, and that screwed up my entire day. I don't know about you. I'm very routine-oriented, and if one thing happens, I'd be a bad defensive back, a bad corner. If one thing happens, then I think about it for, like, the rest of the day. So that's problematic. So I've I've been out of sorts. So I I would assume that it's closed. There is a strip club that is closed. I can tell you that. One has closed somewhere.
8: I do have to tell you this flat tire story. We went to Cincinnati about a month ago on a rosy spring break and we're driving back pouring down rain and we are just South of the Batesville exit probably about a mile. And, uh, all of a sudden big pop. I think it's something weather related. Sure enough, tires fried in uh. about 15 seconds. So I pull over, you know, it's that initial kind of shock of like, gosh, this just sucks. So, yeah. um, all of a sudden Maddie looks up at the exit sign and sees, I I forget what the other city associated with Milan on the exit is at that part of 74. And she goes, oh man, we're in Milan. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) I mean, lived in this state for 90% of her life and she's going Milan. It it, it provided a bit of brevity and a moment where, you know, you just want to, like none other. But, yeah, that's where
4: our flat occurred, uh just south of the Milan exit. Well, it's funny, and, and this goes back to when I did Weekend Sunrise at 13, and she was really good at what she did, Perella Lewis. Um And, and really, I think Sean Ash got hit over the head with this one time, too. When you have to go to southern Indiana for thunderstorm updates and things, that can trip you up, and Milan turned into Milan from Perella Lewis once, <laughs> And I'm almost certain, and he may say that this is untrue, but I do believe that once upon a time, Sean Ash of Channel 13, when describing a thunderstorm over Olytic, Indiana, called it U-Ulytic. I'm almost certain. That might be
2: worse
8: than the day that didn't you have like a pants issue on Channel 13? Yeah, my pants were unzipped.
4: Yeah. My pants. Yeah. yeah. I saw <laughs> I saw Chris Kirstner at the Ron Colley event and I said, Is there any tape of me? I did two things. One, I went out there with my pants unzipped and they had that big H mod. I'm standing in front of it and my pants were unzipped the entire time. And the other, I, I don't know why. I, I know I was kinda hung over a little bit and I hyperventilated. Like on the air. Like I was doing highlights, they went to highlights and I kinda hyperventilated a little bit i don't know if you can do that a little bit but i i did and i kind of wondered if it was still on tape somewhere over there i'd like to watch it
8: so i can laugh i would love to see (laughs) video of that i almost feel like yeah, to do that weather job here locally you've got to like do a test all 90 counties all 90 some counties every you know city in the state of indiana because Boy, you uh, any sort of warning that pops up in yeah. a random county, I would be struggling.
4: Well, and I think Perella struggled with. You know, we know what Jasper in that surrounding area is Dubois County, and she pronounced it Dubois, Dubois County. Oh uh, well, so and just, just it wasn't to... her fault. Just I mean, when you get that far south, you just got to remember where you are. You're in southern Indiana, so that's yeah. that's how it's it's going to be. It's not going to be Milan. It's going to be Milan. So, wow. Well, yeah. And Some Dubois. Sort of
8: French experience. I don't know if Maddie thought Mulan. I don't know if she thought Disney. Uh, she was thinking on <laughs> on that route, but it, it did provide a much needed laugh at that moment.
4: Sean Ash with Ooh Ooh Lytic. That is bad. so good. Ooh Lytic right there. Oh, that's so good. It's uh, Kevin Bowen Morning Show, Kevin and Query on the Andy Moore Automotive Group potline. We kind of thought that it was coming. And it did. The Colts are going back to Europe. And it's interesting because I was talking to some folks this morning. And as you guys mentioned, this stadium in Frankfurt holds less than 50,000 for football. So these tickets sound like that they're going to be at a premium, maybe with around the Patriots and the Colts getting an allotment of around 600. Have you heard that?
8: yeah I remember back in 2016 I believe the Colts got a thousand to use and a thousand to sell and that was in Wembley which i mean you were there John what's mm-hmm. Wembley eighty five thousand yeah right I, I mean i mean it's it's bigger than every NFL stadium pretty much uh so yeah i mean you're you're not cutting it in half but a huge chunk less and I think what you have to remember about Frankfurt versus London, this will be the second ever NFL game at Frankfurt. The first one will be the week prior. So if you are in that part of Germany or that part of Europe, which, you know, again, I've done more Germany geography today than I thought I would, uh, I mean, that's four and a half hours from Munich. So even if, you know, you were whatever, even if you went to the Buck seahawks game last year, Munich, you know, there's a good chance there's a large part of Germany, Austria, you know, whatever, middle Europe, however you want to call it that, has not seen an NFL game, um, so I would think these would be in high demand. Not necessarily because it's Colts Patriots, although I will say this: I, you know, I just kind of said it off the cuff earlier today. I'm like, I, I would assume there's a good amount of Patriots fans in Europe. Um, you know, I, I, I've talked to some Colts fans that, that, that live in Europe, and they've mentioned how you know the NFL draft in 2012 and Andrew Luck going one overall that all of a sudden sparked interest in them being a Colts fan. Well, just given the fact that Patriots have been so good over the last two decades, um, I would consider them to be probably one of the bigger fan bases over there. And then someone reached out to me who lives in Germany is like, yes, there are a lot of Patriot fans over here. So uh, around 600, fa- uh, 600 tickets, that uh, that would be my guess. I know the Colts will have some to sell um, you know, to be to be announced and to be determined, I guess, the amount and, and at a later date. If I remember correctly, it was around 150 bucks. Uh, four tickets uh, for a ticket back at Wembley, of course, depending on where you were sitting. So, yes, I, I would think with $48,000, uh, they are going to be a very high demand, especially because it's only the second game ever in, uh, in Frankfurt.
4: Hey, did you ever go to lunch at this uh, Green District salad place down here?
8: Oh, yeah, Jake,
4: Jake worshiped yeah. it. Yeah, uh, evidently, uh, it's closing. Really? Yeah, that's what it says. Lindquist just said Green District salad restaurant closes Monument Circle location.
8: Well, it, it's very expensive. I will say that. I think we got a coupon as, like, being employees that are close to there. Boy, Jake's going to be devastated by that news. Boy, you talk about a kick in the you-know-what. That was there. only in there for,
4: like, five seconds, wasn't it? Yeah. They probably didn't God. have time to run out of ranch. <laughs> well, it's, it's some very
8: exclusive ranch in there. Wow. that's uh, Yeah. That's, yeah, I mean, it's expensive, but I just figured I, I always feel like it's decently crowded whenever I walk by there.
4: Yeah, that's what uh, Lindquist says. Green District Salad Restaurant closes the Monument Circle location. So there, right. there you go, man. I'm telling you, every, somebody, somebody better step up and start trying to do something about it because you get all these different areas, you know, in and around downtown, no longer centralized downtown, that are are getting up and getting out of here right now. So that's continues to be problematic, and you can Very see fine. it. So.
3: Yeah,
8: yeah, certainly. Staying power uh, for businesses in that area um, seem to be lacking,
4: yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. I always take a lot of pride in downtown in general too and i'm just talking about the centralized part i mean you get down by the alexander it looks fantastic fletcher fountain square you know mass ave all that looks great um and it's going to look great i'm assuming once they get stuff done down at diamond chain company with the indy 11 it just seems like that you get all these different pockets that are going to start doing well and the forgotten location is where my my big ass is sitting right now so
8: yeah, I walked to coaches today for 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 lunch. Met met somebody over there, and it just seems like you know, especially when you think about the All Star Game coming up in February. I mean, centrally located from you know whatever a, a block or two radius, especially as you get west and north of Bankers Life. Um, yeah, businesses, especially in the food um, standpoint, really struggling to. Uh,
4: Sustaining. it's uh it tough so green district apparently uh is out give me thoughts on that frankfurt game by the way is this something where we went both to london last time and it was kicking and screaming for me but as an end result i had a great time and i'm glad that i went is this one that you would want to attend how hot of a ticket do you think this is going to
7: be
8: yeah i would absolutely love to go um i can't say germany has been like high high on the bucket list but i thought the experience was just was awesome and i know you and i feel very much the same way about it um the fan aspect to it you know obviously london speaks for itself um just seeing how their fans embrace something that's new i mean obviously the nfl is king here and in the in the u.s from a sports standpoint but there's just a, a a newness to it over there and almost like the curiosity from their fans i absolutely loved and again i think frankfurt will be will kind of match what we felt in London and maybe even more because Bernard Ryman was talking to us today and he's from Austria and he mentioned how, you know, the first time he went to an NFL game was in London and there's got to think a lot of people that in that part of, again, Germany, Austria, or just that part of Europe that have never been to an NFL game. So considering that considering 48,000, obviously the Patriots are a brand. I mean, I think the Colts have a, have a decent brand as well. Um, I would think it's going to be a really, really hot ticket. So, Fingers crossed. Uh, I, I would absolutely love to go. Um, I think it's going to be great, and I'm thrilled that the culture are going over there, and it'll be interesting to see kind of where the bye week falls around that and everything. But I was actually talking to a family friend that plays. Um, you actually probably, probably remember the name. You remember Reese Horn? Had a great career at the University of Indianapolis. I
4: do. Yeah, very well.
8: Yeah. So bounced around, um, played over in Europe, played in the XFL. You know, has had several stints on, you know, training camps and mini camps across the NFL, he plays for Frankfurt. It's no longer the World League, but whatever that that league turned into, he plays over there. So I was texting him earlier today about it. He's like, these people are obsessed with American football. I mean, they just absolutely love it. It's not the biggest city in the world. I think It's around a million, maybe a little bit less. But um, I, I think just the absolute craze that they will have over there for this event and kind of a two-week stretch of the Dolphins Chiefs and then Colts Patriots I think it's going to be awesome, so I would love to experience
4: it. Yeah, it's interesting. And Kevin Bowen joins us. That it's kind of split down the middle. Like some will suggest that Frankfurt is not good, and you don't want to go there, and ask why they're going there. Then others say, "Hey, it is a great city, a great part of Europe, and that's going to be a must attend." It's kind of split down the middle for me. How about you guys?
8: Yeah, I mean, we had a guy calling today who spent seven years in Frankfurt, and you would have thought he spent you know seven years and. Insert wherever you think the worst city in the world is. Um, and it it sounded to me a little bit more weather-based uh, than anything. It does sound like, honestly, the Colts aren't playing in Foxborough uh, this year, but it sounds like it could be pretty Foxborough-like from a you know temperature and precipitation standpoint in November. At least that's usually what it's like. Uh, Ryman mentioned it was a very old city. So, I mean, I think from an industrial standpoint, you are going to get that. I didn't realize this. Uh, we had a listener, I think it was Neil, tweeted at me this morning that Frankfurt is the European financial center, and so it, it's a big, like, banking city. Um, so I think that is part of maybe the NFL's thinking with this is, yes, it's not the size of the stadium of Wembley or maybe even a Munich, but from a corporate standpoint, obviously it, it's a part of the Europe that they would like to tap into. So I have heard mixed reactions from that. Again, I, I talked to Reese earlier. He had a lot of positive things to say about living in the city and that it kind of has a bit of a indie kind of affordability feel to it but a little bit of a Chicago in terms of variety uh, within the city as well Um, so uh, I'm looking forward to it again it's not like Germany or Frankfurt in general was very high on my bucket list but you toss around the events and the excitement that I thought was there in 2016 in London I think it'll be that if not more and And honestly, with this Colts season, yes, you're going to have the Anthony Richardson element to it. But, I mean, in all likelihood, this team is not going to be playing super competitive games late in the year. So to kind of have this to look forward to, uh, even if, if fans are not able to make it, you know, waking up and having a 9.30 game on Sunday and you're the only game in town, hell, it might be the only standalone game the Colts have all year, depending on how the schedule unveils itself tomorrow night.
4: You know, it's weird about this, though, Kev. If you go back 15 or so years and think about, you know, the Colts and the Patriots having a game in Europe, you would have never thought that. That's what's kind of weird. Like, you know, you know, your team here versus Jacksonville. okay, but the Colts and Patriots just sounds really odd to say playing overseas. And and the best part about it is it does not take away a home date here in Indy, but it does in Foxborough.
8: Yeah, I was certainly thinking about that today, how it has kind of evolved from this annual primetime matchup to now this. And I was really thinking about this, John. If you think about the two most recent Colts-Patriots matchups, I mean, arguably the biggest high this organization has had in the last two years came on that Saturday night in mid-December, two years ago, when the Colts beat the Patriots at home. Jonathan Taylor breaking off that, whatever it was, 60 yards some touchdown run to put the game on ice. It's probably one of the loudest I've ever heard Lucas Oil, certainly non-playoff game, one of the loudest I've ever heard Lucas Oil. And at that point, you think, boom, you're making the playoffs with Carson Wentz. Uh, even though that was a game that Wentz, you were literally trying to kind of cover for him throughout that game. And then you think back to last year in Foxborough where, you know, probably the highlight of the game, or at least the most interesting aspect of the game looking back on it was, a Jimmer say phone call to Jeff Saturday out of the owners box, out of the visiting owners box. Uh, so literally, probably the biggest high that this team has had over the last couple of years, and, and arguably the biggest low. Although there were some moments within that Jeff Saturday era that would uh, uh, give a lot of competition to that. So it is very interesting how Colts and Patriots have evolved. But yeah, with both these teams finishing third last year in their respective divisions, they match up, and now it's going to be on a 9:30 a.m. and frankfurt germany
4: yeah hope we're over there i had a great time in london i loved it every second of it
8: well i mean i i, I kind of let my mind go to okay with the time difference it would make a whole lot of sense i remember sitting with you at the uh admiralty yep. when I, I all of a sudden i think they just unplugged you they did late. yeah yeah, that was uh, that was pretty – it was you, me, and Matt Taylor, yep. uh, if I remember correctly. I was um, doing Colt's happy
4: hour. I was halfway through Colt's happy hour, and it was closing time at the Admiralty, and they take no prisoners when they close. They just shut the power off. They pull the grid. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> they're
8: like, yeah, we don't care about that guy from Green County there. <laughs> so
4: in I'm the in corner. mid-sentence, and oh, there it is, over.
8: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I would love to. I mean, you know, obviously would 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 love for us to go as the entire station, you know, Bullseye, whoever, wherever, get me over there. I, I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be really. I don't. Jake experiences a lot, or maybe we should. We have to experience it from Jake. But Red Eye is home after that game, and. You know, who knows what that show could be like. I got
4: back on morning. the air. I got back on the air the next day. I we, we got on the bus to get to Getwick Airport in London. We got on and boarded that bus during the Sunday night game. I got back at 2.45 in the afternoon on a direct flight. I was on the air here by 3.30. Monday.
8: <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I, I think that would make for great radio. And I will be interested to see. You know, when the schedule comes out, you think back to 2016, the Colts didn't want to have their bye week that early. But so they came back and they played that, that yeah. very next week against the Bears. They actually beat Chicago. Uh, but that would have been a week five bye. You know, this game is in week 10, so that would mean a week 11 bye. That seems to be a little bit better suited for them. And if I'm not mistaken, I think this will be Shane Steichen's kind of first big experience overseas. I don't think Philadelphia – Went over there the last couple of years. I asked Gus Bradley today, because it was coordinator day over there, like, you know, what What did you prefer? Because obviously as the head coach of the Jags, Gus Bradley went overseas quite a lot. And he said he was a Thursday departure guy, which is what the Colts did back in 2016. Right. You have a normal week. You practice Wednesday. You practice Thursday. Boom, you fly out Thursday night. You red eye Thursday night. And then you land and just fight the jet lag that entire Friday. Gus said, "That's what he kind of preferred." I think most NFL teams have done that. I know a few have opted to go out literally after their game ends the previous week on on Sunday and just kind of get adjusted early in the week and go from there. So that'll be just another logistical item and, and something to think about, especially when the schedule
3: comes out tomorrow.
4: Yeah, I was trying to think of the story um, of uh, uh, what's his name in the secondary that remember the story that he went to oh, yeah. Paris.
8: Yeah, Antonio Cromartie. Yeah, Yeah, I think he had a a shopping bag for every kid um, when when he returned there. Yeah, that was a that that was a rumor that he
4: went and got in trouble and didn't he? Did he play maybe a snap and that was about it in that game?
8: Boy, I I thought he played and played like he had been shopping um, for the previous twenty four hours. I think I told you this before. We, We were flying back and you have to go through. Uh, you know, customs, yeah. no matter, you know, if, if the Pacers are leaving Toronto, they have to go through customs. Um, so whatever the a- airport was, I'm trying to think, it starts with an H. Um, we are leaving and, you know, again, going through customs. I mean, you know, English or whatever, British people that are working there. Heathrow, yeah,
4: by the friends. way. Heathrow. You left for Heathrow. Heathrow. I went to Getwick, yeah.
8: Heathrow, yes. That's what it was. And to me, I mean, the customs people are very friendly. And, I mean, they're you know trying – they're working, I guess, on a little bit of hospitality and tourism, et cetera. They're asking us, hey, how was the trip, blah, blah, blah. And right behind Cromartie in line is Chuck Pagano. And, like, at that point, we were kind of in the – is Chuck about to get fired point of his tenure? I mean, it was one of those, like, embarrassing loss to Jacksonville in London. The, the start of that season, for some reason, sticks out as kind of a poor start. Uh, I guess Chuck ended up making it one more year. Obviously Grigson was fired after that season. And this customs lady's like, Oh, hello, you know, Charles reading off his actual idea. <laughs> what brought you over here to London? Yeah, how did you enjoy your trip over here? And I'm like, if only she knew what this man was probably thinking inside after oh, losing to Jacksonville. Great. And I think that was the day that was the day that your guy dropped dropped a pretty big ball late in that game if I remember correctly in uh in Dwayne Allen.
4: Yeah, we never talked again after my that show on Monday because I, yeah, there wasn't a lot good to say about it, and uh, that's that was we didn't talk again after that.
3: Yeah, yeah he, and he stopped
4: by here all that. the time, all the time. Oh yeah, so yeah, he was always in there with you. It was weird, by the way. Night moves in Bloomington is still. Operating 7 p.m. until 3 a.m. Night Moves is the only strip club in Bloomington. Many have opened and closed, but Night Moves has stayed, keeping the attention of businessmen, young IU students, townies, and fun couples. Diverse and unique to the industry, Night Moves is iconic to Bloomington. That is their, evidently, mission statement right there. Night Moves, Kevin Bowen, is still open.
8: You know, part of me thought as you started to go there, I'm thinking, is this an ad Because this sounds like the greatest ad read that
4: JMV has done. That's their mission statement right there. I get it. Yeah. It's the attention of businessmen, young IU students, townies, and fun couples. (laughs) Yeah.
5: (laughs) I love that. I absolutely love
8: it. You just painted a beautiful picture, and honestly, Night Moves needs to send you some endorsement.
4: They should. They should. All right, tomorrow morning, 7 until 10 a.m., Jake is back as a college graduate with Kevin Bowen, and that's Kevin and Query, 7 until 10 a.m. Tomorrow morning here on The Fan is Kevin Bowen on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Thanks, Kev. Yep, Dr. to you, John. All right, quick break, and we'll come back. I got time about an hour for so some calls if you guys want to work those in at 239-1070. So about an hour for your calls inside the lounge via YouTube Live at 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.
6: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
0: The Ride with JMV. Ahoy, Ploy. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
4: Now, Colts going to Frankfurt, Germany. Taking on the Patriots on November the 12th. We discussed that Kevin Bowen podcast 1075thefan.com Jeff Rabjohns uh regarding a lot of things with both NIL on the transfer portal a little bit earlier. If you missed any of that. Uh that podcast is at 1075thefan.com. So we shall do that. Uh, If you missed any of it whatsoever, enlightening and, you know, again, you can tell by Jeff that they they still, you know, as far as the guard position, the shooting position is concerned, uh, still not there yet. So that is definitely part of it. Hey, JMV, this is from Sean. Southern Indiana's men's basketball program just announced that they're going to travel to Duke next season playing a game in Durham. Yeah, Southern Indiana sooner rather than later is going to be there. John Buzzard says this. Too many salad bar destinations going out, yet Pizza Hut salad bar still going strong in Noble Tucky. Yeah, it's tough. Big salad bar guy right here. If I ever eat out, I would eat at the salad bar. Just don't eat out very much. JMV, I have been told that the Colts are getting only enough tickets for the Frankfurt game for the friends and the family of players, coaches, and staff. Let me tell you this, Derek. I don't know if that is altogether true, but I had heard that both the Patriots and the Colts are only getting 16, or check that, 600 tickets. Uh, that's what I've heard, and we'll see what happens with that. But it would seem that that would be a very tough ticket to get if that is the case. Nick Rice chimes in. Rom Stein is pronounced the same as Stein Muggs. Rom Thank you. Uh, this is from Litzy, said... Lapel baseball grad and current redshirt junior, Cameron Holy Cross, currently stats 35.2, 4-1, one, 1.26 earned run average with a 109 whip and 33 Ks compared to 13 walks this season. And the opposition batting 203. That's one of the players we'll talk about. Mitch Hannis is the head coach of the 11th ranked Sycamores of Indiana State in baseball. He's going to join us today, coming up at 5 30. That is well done, right there, too. They have won 21 of 22 games this season, which is not bad. Hey, JMV, please ask. Mitch Hannis, if he was more surprised, the fact that Mike Sears hit two home runs yesterday or the fact that he actually had a walk. I will bring that up. Yeah, Mike Sears has been one of their heavy hitters this season. Hey, JMV, the Frankfurt, Germany equivalent is Michigan. Paul the mailman. I don't want to do that then. (laughs) Wait a minute. The equivalent's Michigan jmv you just said earlier that you were coming up to a spot near pendleton if so could you bring that bar restock and i can pick it up hey brock i've had it it's been on my desk for like months here brother yes i can and i will now i'm going to be coming up on friday me and brent halverson we're going to be at mystic waters that's off of i-69 uh, it is a campground. You can see it right there. There's a big lake. There's a, a campground with a number of cabins and such there. We're going to give you a chance to win a staycation, but we're going to be up there hanging out a little bit. Can't wait. So betting analyst Brent Holverson and me at Mystic Waters. That's coming up on Friday. Again, that's the Pendleton exit off of I-69. And Brock, I'll bring it. See, it rolled around in the truck for a long time, and I kind of got apprehensive about letting it ride in the back with my daughter, so I ended up bringing it up here. So sorry about that. But I have had it for a while, no doubt about that. Uh, JMV, I agree with you regarding Southern Indiana. Yeah, one of these days they're going to have a breakthrough. They are. They're going to have a breakthrough. JMV, what I don't like about Hunter Dickinson is that makes me dislike the collegiate game more when you find out it's all about the money and not about the playing. And I've just said you're going to have to get over that stuff. And I saw this too. The people hating on me, this is Hunter Dickinson, would leave their job right now for a $10,000 increase. I got less than six figures at Michigan for the year. I, I know that people have this image in their mind about what they want college basketball to be, what they thought it was in the past, and it's just not that way anymore. And that's that. So you might as well get used to it. So I completely understand why you would just come out and say it because that's the way that it is. And I've told you this before. Like I give you a great example. Me, I love basketball, so I'll be watching. And I know this is why I asked Jeff Rabjohns that, you know, some of the the older generational folks out there that love basketball and don't quite get this, nor do they really want to get this, may end up staying away. And that's just going to have to be your decision. You're just going to have to stay away. Uh me, I just choose to move on because you got me at hoop. I like basketball. I want to see it. And that's kind of where we are. But Hunter Dickinson is just stating the obvious. JMV, I assume this is for German fans to register for tickets, but I can't read it. Two years of German class. All work for no payoff. (laughs) I saw that. I'm going to go ahead and hit this right now, too, and see what it says. Yeah. Yeah, it's online for tickets right now. I had read that tweet about it being a very tough ticket, and I had heard the same thing about how difficult that's going to be. So we'll see. Hopefully not. Hopefully we're wrong. Because as I mentioned, this is going to be the second time to be able to do that, going to Europe with the Colts. And, you know, going back to 2016, it was a great time. Now, London may be drastically different from Frankfurt, Germany, but it was a great time nonetheless. It was a great time that made up for, if you remember, that game was awful. I mean, really, it was awful. So, actually, being there and hanging out there made up for the fact that the game was terrible. November the 12th in Frankfurt, Germany. All right, we got some NBA later on tonight couple of closeout opportunities we'll get to. Actually, on the road, 9.30, Lakers and the Warriors. Game 5 is right here. That follows trackside and beyond the bricks at 7 and 8. JMV, I heard you had yesterday on your show the headliner of Carb Day. Brian Adams, where can we hear that? Um, you can hear that at 107.5thefan.com. And he's going to be the headliner, and he was on the show yesterday. Very good. So you can certainly check that out. All right, Jeff Rabjods, Kevin Bowen so far. Mitch Hanna is the head coach of the baseball Sycamores, 11th ranked in the country collegiately in baseball. He's going to join us coming up at 5.30 today. A lot of time for me and you coming up next. It's ninety three five and 107. Find the fan.
6: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
0: The Ride with JMV. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
4: There's your cue for number nine if you want to. Carb Day slash qualifying ticket package right there. Number 9 at 239-1070 is going to be able to go. Check out Brian Adams. Check out Soul Asylum. Carb Day main stage, 26th of May. Tickets available, IMS.com today. JMV, did you see that about Bo Jackson? I did. Uh, this is according to TMZ. TMZ in a tweet says Bo Jackson says he's had hiccups since July. Doctors don't know why. Now that sounds like a song, but it's not. So again, Bo Jackson says he'd had the hiccups since July, and I can't remember the last time I've. Had the hiccups. Anybody out there get hiccups often? I'm talking years ears here. Like a burp, a belch, but not a hiccup. Like a burp or a belch, very common. A hiccup, not so much. I would have to think, though, if all that is true, that that would have to drive you nuts. Uh, you would think. Uh, Bo Jackson, hiccups since July. Colts are on the way to Frankfurt, Germany in November. That is November the 12th. And I'm sure we'll find out about the ticket information, as I told you, too, that you got um, that Bullseye would come up with something. But, yeah, we'll see. 600 or so, I believe, is what both teams got for Frankfurt, Germany. And that is not a lot. And yeah, not a lot at all. Um I got this sad news uh from my friend the Gorman a little bit earlier today. Scotty Glendenning, who was a huge fan of sports around here and listened to the show all the time, uh, according to the Gorman who just sent me a, a tweet, a text, I should say, a little bit earlier, has passed away at the age of sixty two. Uh, his brother, Troy, works over at the Colts Complex. Huge listeners to the show. Uh, Scotty from Lebanon, Indiana. And as you well know, when we went to Lebanon with Buffalo Wild Wings going back during the Colts season, it was one of the best stops we had the entire time. Uh, Scotty Glendenning and Scotty's family, along with brother Troy, we are thinking about you and the family today. A very good dude and gone far too soon. RIP to our friend Scotty. Man, that stinks. And again, our best to Troy out at the Colts Complex. That just stinks to hear. And thanks to the Goreman for passing that along. Mm. All right, trackside beyond the bricks coming up at seven and eight. Lakers Warriors game five. The Warriors need a win to press on in that Western Conference semifinal matchup with LA. Nine thirty coming at you tonight. 239 1070 is the number. Cameron is up first today. Cameron, welcome to the show.
9: Hey, JMV. I appreciate you taking my call. Yep. And, um, so I'm a diehard Pacers fan, and the only reason I bring that up is because I wanted to make a comparison um, with the Colts. So from what I've seen, I love the Richardson pick, and, you know, the Pacers obviously have a young team. And when you have a young team and a rookie, you know, in the NBA, you usually, for the most part, want to throw those guys out there and, and just see how they react. And I understand, I think, obviously, you know, the, the season just way longer in the NBA. Um, but my question to you is, with Richardson, I'm kind of on the train of, I want to see him out there if he can week one and uh, see how it goes. I don't think Minshew is going to lead us to the Super Bowl or anything that we'd have to, you know, worry about our, our record being being crazy if they didn't start, you know, Richardson. And I, like I said, I just compared it to the Pacers because with a young team like that, I know I love them throwing out, you know, rookies, but is it just because, He's obviously, you know, twenty years old. He's going to be our franchise guy, and they're yeah, just gonna well, it, it,
0: yeah, it,
4: it's because of that, and it's because of the inexperience factor, the fact that he's been in thirteen collegiate games, and you just kind of look at it that way. To me, that is the only way that I would even listen to the fact that that he doesn't start in week one is that you're physically concerned about his well-being. But then again. I think we'll complain about that because if he's not ready and that is your worry, you kind of wonder, so, okay, so fourth overall and, you know, you guys have this entire time to get somebody ready who has been as physically described as dominant. Uh, the best you know, physical specimen at that position we've ever seen. Um, that will probably draw a great deal of criticism as well. But I do agree. I mean, if you're afraid the dude's going to hurt himself, that's one thing. But I think that'll be a tough thing to explain. I, like you, want to see him good to go for week number one.
9: Yeah, 100%. I assumed yeah. it was more so the the injury route. and yeah. I'm hoping with him being able to use his legs, they are able to uh, – maybe knock away some of the worries about him throwing at first and maybe you know those mistakes are going to yep. happen and hopefully they can get him going on the ground. So thanks for, thanks for taking my camera
4: anytime you call in anytime Manny, you can lead on the other side. I've got time for some calls. So go ahead. And if you got that line where Cameron just left two, three, nine, 1070 go ahead and lock in here. And we'll talk to you coming up on the other side of this break. Mitch is the head coach of Indiana state. Going to join us the 11th ranked Sycamores 21 of 22, seven in a row, red hot over in the TH their head coach joins us at five 30. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.
6: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
0: The Ride with JMV. We're the second team, we're the first team.
8: Yeah, we're not going to fall for a banana in the tailpipe. You're not going to fall for the banana in the tailpipe? It should be more natural, brother. It should flow out
0: like this. Look, man, I ain't falling for no banana in my tailpipe. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Zed evidently is
4: from Germany. There you go. Colts going there in November, November the 12th. i matching up against the Patriots. That's a Patriots' home game. Schedules throughout the NFL in full release coming up tomorrow Uh, we'll have thoughts on that and more of course i did want to give a shout out to emily gillespie who uh was a uh, co-worker a friend of this show um her son ty gillespie of covenant christian high school uh was playing at an incredibly high level in the IHSAA city tournament At Victory Field, he's a junior, class of 2024, shortstop, outstanding player. So a shout-out to Ty Gillespie, a member of the Covenant Christian High School baseball team. And I also wanted to give a shout-out to another friend of the show, G.T. Pollard, who staked out over in Speedway. So the Speedway Spark Plugs baseball team has had an extra special baseball season so far and uh, winning to a degree of which uh, has not been seen and he wanted me I I missed he sent me a message on Facebook and I missed it and I wanted to make sure that I recognize what the plugs have done in the baseball season so far it's outstanding work and I, I hate it too when people send me that I'll be honest with you Emily sent this and I didn't see this either I mean, my email, we were just talking about this during the break. Sometimes my email, all my stuff goes in like one inbox, and it's just pure insanity. And I wanted to make sure that I recognized Ty Gillespie of Covenant Christian and then G.T. Pollard. And obviously, he's a part of the Speedway Spark Plugs baseball program. Having a great season to this point. And I wanted to recognize both of those accomplishments because they're worthwhile and absolutely meaningful to a bunch of people. That's awesome. So congratulations so far, and here's to a continued great season as they hit the stretch run of the uh, spring sports season in the IHSAA. So that's fun. It really is. I miss baseball. Baseball was great. Mitch is going to join us. He's the head coach of the 11th-ranked Sycamores of Indiana State. Uh, Baseball is really fun when you win 21 of 22. That's really fun. Seven consecutive. Got three at Bob Warren Stadium coming up this weekend in the Mo Valley with Murray State, and then they head out to Check that with uh, yeah with Murray State head out to Missouri State uh, to close out the missouri valley conference schedule and in between that they're going to make a stop in columbia missouri and take on missouri i will talk to mitch hannis the head coach of the sycamores coming up at the bottom of the hour i mentioned the colts news we'll get more to that of course you got nba playoff action later on tonight two teams trying to stay alive in the eastern conference heat and the knicks He's got a closeout opportunity, best of seven, Eastern Conference semifinals, up three games to one. Lakers with a closeout unless Mike Greenberg has talked Darvin Hamm and Rob Palenka into not playing valuable players to give them rest, which is maybe one of the dumbest things ever said in a world of dumb, in a kingdom of sports talk dumb that we all are a part of. It is like high-ranking, not controversial dumb, just dumb. Seriously, we do. We live in a kingdom of dumb. That's right up there. Oh, Okay, thank you. Go ahead and rest, everybody. Like it's a game in January. A game in January, you rest LeBron, you rest Anthony Davis, if you want load management in january my god in may and you're trying to close out a team like the warriors pretty funny uh two closeout road opportunities for both the heat and the lakers coming up later on tonight that should be fun meantime back to the phones and ll cool j tickets coming up as well before the end of this show it's our friend manny at 239 1070 hello manny
3: Hey, what's up, JMV? How you doing, my friend? Man, are you calling
4: in? Are you thinking about my first name, ain't baby, it's Janet, Miss Jackson, if you're nasty? Are you thinking about that?
3: Yeah, that too, but man, something better than that, man. Just think, man, LL Cool J, uh, 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 Rakim, MC Light, man. The hip-hop, the the, the, uh, the tour the 50, for, for the 50th, uh, yeah. man, we all in our 50s now. That's our era right
4: there, Well, man. I'm going to yeah, tell you, they are both awesome. Now, one is in August. The LL Cool J one is in August at Gamer's Fieldhouse. But I know that, that okay. Gino, Gino is putting on the one up at Indiana um, Farmers Coliseum. That's in June. And that's going to be awesome, too. That's Big Daddy Kane, Cool Mo D, Rakim, MC Light, Rob Bass. And that's celebrating 50 years of hip hop. Gino's got that thing humming right now. That's going to be great.
2: Oh, I
3: with, Well, it's all it's all and coordinated. You know what I'm saying? You know, the, I mean, I'm trying to make it to all that. But this is the thing why I call is because uh, I heard that you and Wells are going to try to make it to that LL man. You know, that's going to be off the chain, <laughs> right there. Man.
2: Manny,
4: you want to go with us again? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) Let me find out because I asked Dion the other day, and he wasn't quite sure just yet what we got. But let me tell you this. The feedback was so spectacular about how much fun you made the suite, how Manny's presence made the suite so enjoyable that I think it's a must. If we're in there, you got to be in there with us.
3: Man, I, I, I love it. I love it, man. Thank you, J&B. You can make that happen, bro. We had such a good time. I got people still talking about that. The Facebook post. I can't
4: believe Mike and I yeah. left you in the bathroom. What were
3: we doing? We should have stayed there with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, man, I had a great time, great night. But you just think, man, that's LL Cool J. Yep. You know him licking this lips and all the women screaming. That's going to be a wild time. Yeah, I saw him
4: back bad. in 1987. Um, you know, a part of uh, the the bad CD, and uh, when yeah. when he did um, I'm bad. Oh man, that that blew things oh, up. Yeah. It was awesome. I
3: can believe it. Oh yeah. Hey man, just one more thing. Just yep. one more thing. Yep. Hey, uh, it's very short, man. I'm just, I'm just we uh, got the quarterback and we got, but like uh, everybody's just saying, we just got to give him a chance. You know what I'm saying? Give, yeah. give the brother a chance. It's gonna, it's gonna be. Well, a no, yeah, game, Manny.
4: Thank you for the call. I'll let you know about LL Cool J coming up too. I, everybody here's gonna give him a chance. He's gonna be given a chance. I, I just, I want to see him in there as AFP. That's just me. Now, others, and this is probably going to err on the side of caution. Others say, well, you know, if he's not ready, you don't want him to play. I I, I just want him to be ready to play. I want him to punch that clock and, and get going. I love it. And you know what? I have not heard hardly anything. I think if there is an exciting point moving forward, And this is something that this team has needed. This team has been without juice, juiceless, dry, dust, barren. But it's got that now. Now, is there a great deal of mystery? I mean, a cloak of mystery here because you just don't know 13 games collegiately. But I think certainly so far, the juice slash interest that he has brought Everybody seems to be on board with. and that's really what you got to wait on. Otherwise, you don't know how this is going to work out. I look back at the draft and people say, well, you know what? What did you think about it? Did you think it was bad? You know, Chris Ballard, I don't trust him. I thought Chris Ballard did what Chris Ballard needed to do. But in terms of, you know, figuring out whether or not all those moves were made and they were accurate, we'll find out that at a later date. I know it's lame. I know you want me to say, well, I thought it sucked. It stunk. I can't believe this and I can't believe that. No, I mean, in actuality, the stuff I talked about prior to is the stuff that they addressed. So that would make me a hypocrite. Can't do that. So now you're just kind of in wait and see mode. But I I do. I, I hope that he is ready and ready from the outset. I like Gardner Minshew a great deal. He's just kind of like that insurance policy that you know that is there and that's great. But you want to see you want to see the rookie get out there and get as many opportunities as early as possible. At least, in my opinion, Marcellus at two three nine ten seventy. Hello, Marcellus. Hey, what's up, my friend. How you doing? I could not be better. What's up?
2: Hey, uh, you know, just listen. Did Mike Greenberg really say that?
4: Yes. Yeah, among yeah, and I pointed this out. And this this is where we are and this is why. Here's where we are in sports talk radio and really in talk radio in general. <laughs> We continue to raise the bar on the loudest and the most obnoxious and the most outrageous and the most outlandish. And to compete in that bracket, you got to continue to raise the bar. And we have long passed over the border into complete and utter jackassery and stupidity. I mean, long ago with raising that bar. So you really got no place else to go other than saying something that is more stupid than what the other guy says. There's your competition right now. And that's what you get. Here two things that I pointed this out yesterday that are just ridiculous. One is that that I brought up regarding resting players in the Western Conference semifinals closeout opportunity on the road, which is ridiculous. The other is the reason why the Knicks played so bad the other night was because Miami is just a different place to go. Not so much about the clubs or being hung over, but the heat and the humidity staying down there for three days will get you. Now listen. If you go to the club and you're all hungover, there's no doubt that's going to get you. I'll listen to that. But you're playing in an indoor facility that's air conditioned. It is not about the heat and humidity that was the reason why you were three steps behind the heat the other night.
2: Wow. Well, well, I tell you what, man. Uh, that, that's ridiculous. When you're in the playoffs, man, everybody's got to go. You just got to go. Yeah, this is and not July.
4: Or right, I should say, this is not right. January here. This is not January. No,
2: no, no man. And, and it's the Warriors, and you don't want to give them life. Nope. You don't. You just don't want to no, it do just, that. And again, so
4: that's just that's a part of what I'm into right now. I mean, everybody just everybody feels compelled that oh my gosh, this guy said something outrageous, and to compete, I got to be more outrageous. You know, I got to be more angry, yeah. more fake angry, more fake mad, and yeah. that's where all these guys end up going, and they end up looking like jackasses.
2: Well, you know what? I think on a on level of which might be equally as dumb would be not playing. Your fourth overall pick <laughs> on day one, uh, and, you know, and you got me asking, well, why don't you even draft him then? You know, it's like, okay, you, uh, uh, you know, look, I, I heard the one, I heard the uh, a previous caller said well, he can use his legs. <laughs> you, you know, you know how I feel about that already, right? Right. right. And, and, and it's like, okay, we can use his legs um, until they get cut out from under him and then you can't use them anymore, you know. So it's like, look, uh, we don't, so we wanted to worry about him throwing the ball. Uh, wait a minute, he's a quarterback. That's like having a guy at the 500 say, we don't want to worry, have him worry about driving. You know, that that's his job, throw throwing. And if he's not ready, how is he going to know he's going to be ready? Because the speed of the game – is better is a whole lot faster than in practice. No He's doubt, gotta learn. He's I I co- learn. I
4: completely agree with you on that, and those will be the questions that are are asked. And regarding yeah. running, it's funny I had Sam Monson a pro football focus on, and and remember, I with luck I pointed this out, and then I've yeah. done this recently with Josh Allen. And Sam said yesterday on the show, he said, you know, Josh Allen came out and had said, well, I realize now that, you know, I I can't take as many chances with my body on the run. And we talked about this, Marcellus, before. (laughs) I mean, it looks good at the moment. The whole extension of the play looks good. But when you more times than not call your own number to run and take all these hits now that you're going to deem unnecessary, And that's problematic. That's what we saw with Andrew Luck, and it was great until it reached a point where it was detrimental. The same thing has now happened with Josh Allen, and ultimately it's going to happen with Anthony Richardson, too. So you got to get that out of the way early, but you have to learn to become a passer like they all will have to do. And the way to do that is to expedite that process, that learning process. And I'm right there with you. The earlier, the better.
2: Yeah. Hey, look. Every cannon has a sight on it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It, you know, it's, it's okay to have a strong cannon of an arm, but if you can't, if are not accurate, hey, you know, it's it's just useless. You know. So let's uh, let's get him in there early, man, so he can be successful.
4: Right you there with you. Right there right, with man. you. All right. You take it right. easy, Marcellus. Thank you very much. I'll talk to you on Saturday night. Man, it was good, and then it wasn't. All right, Sean Collinsworth, he's a smiley bro, and the smiley bros have voted me the best DJ in Indianapolis. Thank you, smiley bros. I don't know, though. Can I do my show from my camper? <laughs> Let me do my show. Hey, Sean, can I do this show from my RV? How's yes. How contagious do you have to be? I'm going to do my show from the RV in the parking lot. Sean says the Indiana State baseball is actually seventh in the live RPI rankings right now. I don't even know where I got 11th from. I just I got off of, Sean, a story from the Indiana State website that said they're the 11th ranked. But seventh in the live RPI. Mitch Hannes is the head coach of the Sycamores. He's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. James, 239-1070 next. Hello, James. James, are you there?
2: Oh, yeah, I'm here. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just hoping for a carb date tickets. I, I didn't hear you got a win or anything yet, and I was like, oh, no.
4: A winner has been nabbed. There you go. Ah,
2: okay. Well, Sorry about that. I was that. also going to say, Anthony Richardson kind of reminds me of RG3.
4: Um. In what way?
2: Um. I'm hoping that's not the case. I don't know. I know nobody wants to say it, but that's kind of what I'm feeling like.
4: Oh, as far uh, as far as being overhyped and not enough background, thirteen yep. starts. And thank you for the call, James. I you don't know until you see it, but I completely understand why you feel compelled to draft a 20-year-old quarterback with only 13 games. I have sat here honestly and thought about a number of comparisons and RG3 has not been won. That's why I want to see this guy get handed the football and go. I don't want to be a part of the conversation if – well, you know what, we're going to err on the side of caution. We want to make sure he can protect himself. That's going to be a tough explanation at the start of the season around here for a fourth overall selection. But I've honestly, James, not one time ever thought about that. I guess you could in terms of if you believe he's going to be a bust – I mean, I've heard him compared to. I think it was Dan Orlowski on the show two days ago compared him to Mitchell Trubisky. Um, as far as well, I should say this: he he made the comparison, but said when Trubisky came out, he didn't, and he described having a throwing motion that was was conducive to the next level when he saw Trubisky come out of North Carolina, he was talking about how he saw that there was a hitch in his throw and it was something he, he's not worried about the quarterback throwing play of Richardson and that translation to the NFL level, like he was Trubisky and his point he was making was, well, I was proven right because Trubisky obviously, you know, didn't have what it takes. So I've heard that comparison Uh, But not an RG3. Hey, listen, the whole running thing is great. And, again, you saw Jalen Hurts and what it did for the Eagles. But you will also see, sooner rather than later, they're going to start making sure that he is not hit as much. There is a shelf life for that. We saw it here. You guys saw it here with Andrew Luck. There was a point in time when extending the play was great. Couldn't wait for it. Exciting. That was his signature. And then it became detrimental. It became detrimental to a point to where there were consistent injuries, and then there were questions about whether or not you wanted to to play the game of football any longer. And that's where we are. Uh, Nate writes this I'm really surprising take from Greenberg. Again, it, it it's not Nate because these guys all are in a race to stupidity who can be the loudest the most obnoxious and that's all the hot take is the hot take is just it's in disguise it's you might as well just say all right instead of this is a hot take just say I'm about ready to say something really stupid. And I'm trying to be honest with you about that. I told you before the Quentin Nelson stuff, I told you before the Andrew Luck draft him and keep Manning here, I told you before all of that. This is about to be stupid, what you're about to hear right now. That's what the hot take is. The hot take is a something stupid that is said that's disguised. Well, this is a hot take. And then everybody giggles about the hot take. Nobody giggles about something that sounds stupid. But you got to be honest. All right, quick break, and we'll come back. Coming up, Mitch Hannis, head coach, Indiana State, the 11th-ranked Sycamores, 21 of 22 wins. Get the head coach on here on the other side. J.J. Stefan, Aaron still to come at 239-1070 as well, and LL Cool J tickets also on the way, 93.5 and 107. Find the fan.
6: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
0: The Ride with JMV.
6: You get nothing. You lose. Good day,
0: sir. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
4: Mystic Water's coming up on Friday. Our betting analyst, Brett Halverson... Mystic Waters I-69 in the Pendleton exit up there. You can all join us. It's going to be a blast. Uh, Speaking of a blast, uh, that's what's going on in Terre Haute right now. The Baseball Sycamores, 11th ranked winners of I believe 21 of 22 riding a seven game win streak getting a win yesterday over ball state getting ready for a three game set against Murray State in Missouri on the road after that and then out to Missouri State to close out the Missouri Valley Conference campaign their head coach and what has been a fantastic season joins us now on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline Mitch Hannes is with us hey Mitch thank you for the time how are you
1: Good, JMV. How
4: you doing? I uh, am excited about what you guys are doing. And, and what makes it, to me, even more impressive is you guys got off to a, a rough start. What was you know, the major difference besides winning and losing at that point in time compared to the product that you're coaching up and seeing right now?
1: Well, I, you know, that, that start was 2-8, and eight, I guess, right off the bat. We went down to Florida and we came out of there 2-5. and five. And then we went to Kentucky and, and lost a good series. We lost all three games. I think it was 4-2, 5-4, 7-6. And at the time, we don't have any idea what Kentucky's going to be. I mean, you just know you lost three more games. And so the, the, the next week, as a coach, you're thinking, man, what did I do wrong in the fall? What did we, were we hard enough on the guys? Do we have a good enough fall workout? So we're, our staff's just going back and forth questioning everything we did all fall. Uh, and then it all flipped. I, I would like to say we did something miraculous as a coaching staff, but we just have a we just have a really good group of tough, hard nosed guys.
4: Yeah, it's funny too. And, and you questioned what you did in the fall, and kind of questioned that at the moment was there a moment when it did click i mean maybe a single moment we thought all right this is not what we thought we were in this start this is more like we thought we were and maybe obviously what you have uh, morphed into right now was there a moment
1: yeah i i think it was it was at kentucky but we weren't sure um obviously kentucky was winning games early and then and then we started to win games and two weeks after we went into kentucky Mississippi State went in there and got beat like 6-5, 12-3, 17-3. We said, okay, okay, maybe Kentucky was better than we thought. We're going to be okay. Uh, we just need to stay at it. And, and uh, that's, that was kind of the point that we, we played much better at Kentucky. We thought, okay, we can turn this thing around if we keep playing like this
4: yeah it is funny how that happens, too, because that's that's probably one of the the low moments. But you just kind of saw, all right, you know we're close here. this is tight. and uh, this this is not what it appears and yeah sometimes that defines a season and that's kind of where you sit right now I, there's no question and mitch hannis the head coach of indiana state joins us on the andy moore automotive group hotline you have a number of great stories where, where do you begin as far as production and helping lead this team to where it is right now some of those great stories that you're coaching up presently
1: well i i think the 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 biggest story this year is our, our pitching staff Um, Matt Jasik who was a guy that was on all the analytical boards last year top 10 in the country but didn't throw hard enough for for professional scouts at the time Um, very frustrated he didn't get drafted he got offered a free agent contract decided to come back um, because they wanted to see if he could repeat the numbers and he's he's repeated them and more than repeated them so he's he's been a big story and I think just the emergence of all the guys behind him, guys that have been in our program for years. Um, We have Lane Miller, who's been in our program for four years, never thrown much, having a great year. Cameron Holycross from Lapel, Indiana, been in our program for four years, having a great year, has never really towed the rubber much until now. I just think the emergence of all of those guys uh, has really solidified our pitching staff, and that's probably been the difference in our club. Uh, I've, had, to this point. I've
4: had a couple of listeners, a friend of the show, bring up um, Cameron uh, as far as he has been so far. He has been dynamic for you. And then Lane Miller, Greg Rakestraw was over doing some of your games, and he told me yesterday the story of, of Lane Miller, which is pretty compelling in its own right, because he was a grad assistant and he was pitching BP, and then you needed an arm. He's thrust into this now, and... To date, he's five and zero, and having a great season.
1: Well, I don't want to get in trouble with the NCAA. He wasn't a grad assistant. Okay, but, <laughs> but we we have to declare a forty man. Okay, and and we had forty one guys, and I brought him in the office, and I said, Lane, I I just don't know that we have a role for you right now. You're not throwing enough strikes, but we're going to put you on the roster, but we're going to make you a student coach right now. Okay, so you're going to help us with scouting reports. You're going to and you're going to throw BP. And, and uh, he would throw BP for hours. And I'm not talking old man 46 BP like 46 feet like I throw. I'm talking 60 feet 6 inches for an hour straight. And he started throwing so many strikes that I told our staff, we're going to start him against Purdue in a midweek. I'm just going to throw him out there. And he proceeds to go eight innings and gives up a run, maybe two runs. And I think since that point in time, he's like 6-0 and 0 for us. So – Unbelievable what's, what, how that has transpired. Um,
4: what, what's, what was the difference? What, what's that come down to?
1: I think it was a couple of things. I, I think he was a young man that, frankly, lacked confidence. And when we elevated him to kind of a role that he was on the level with us coaches, he, his maturity kicked to another gear. I, I think that was the biggest thing for me that, that really kicked in and and you saw his confidence level just change. Um and so from that point in time until now he's still um he's still in the office every day every day doing coaching things.
4: Not a grad but assistant though, NCWA.
1: Okay. Not a grad. He's a graduate student, but he's not <laughs> a grad assistant. No.
4: He may have said that, and I may have screwed that up, to be honest. But he—he he is not a grad assistant, so that, that's a—that's a heck of a story right there. Now, is—is is that commonplace in collegiate no. baseball to have a story like that? Because it doesn't sound that way to me.
1: It's—it's it's certainly not common in our. It's the first time it's happened in our program. Um, we had one other guy that we had as a freshman that threw. He would throw. He would be the scout team, left-hand pitcher for the team we're about to play, and he would throw and throw and throw. And that was Jeremy Guerrero who morphed into an All-American force. So I I, I think it's more of a willingness for a guy to accept the bottom rung at that point in time and at least accept that role. And many, many times that role grows from that point. Uh, And and that's probably what Lane – You know, he accepted a role in the bottom rung. He didn't want to stop playing. He obviously didn't want cut. He wanted to be on the 40-man, and he would do anything that he could to help us. And it's usually that type of unselfish person that plays a huge role on successful teams. Uh, Mitch
4: Hannis, the head coach of Indiana State, the baseball team, 11th ranked. Right now, I believe, 7th in the RPI rankings, just having a great season. 21 of twenty-two, seven in a row. You mentioned Cameron Holacross out of Lapel. We have a number of listeners in and around Lapel, Indiana. A little bit about the type of season that kid's having.
1: Well, he uh, he really – is a kid, that young man that struggled with the zone early in his career. Um, he has an unbelievable breaking ball, but the problem was early on just the struggles to control it. Um, and we put him in against Miami of Florida when we were down there, and we were having a tough time getting him out. It was, I think it was our third game of the season, maybe fourth. And he comes in and shuts them down for three, four innings. And it's, it's like a a person transformed in that moment. Since that game, the confidence level and what he has given us has been unbelievable. I think he's a, at like a 148 something like that ERA has been invaluable out of our pen. We've thrown him a lot. He's well into double digits in appearances. and appearances. and the majority of those appearances are high leverage. They're not when uh, games are out of hand. They're all in, in tight situations where we really we're really looking for a way out of a tough spot.
4: It's uh, Incredible, the story going on right now. Mitch Hannis, the head coach of Indiana State, is with us. Um, at the plate, Mike Sears goes yard twice, I believe, gets Ball State yesterday and is just having an incredible season for you guys right now.
1: Yeah, Mike is – he's another – you know, you mentioned all of these guys. These guys that you're mentioning and all the people that we're talking about have been in our program for, for two, three, four years. Um, we don't have any NIL hired guns that have come in here and helped this group. I mean, this has been our team. These have been the guys that we've lived and died with. Uh, and Mike was a guy that last year for us, tore his ACL in the fourth or fifth game and had, uh, I, I believe he had three home runs at that point early on, like three in the first five games. Uh, and so really battled to get back from that knee injury. It's actually ACL MCL tear. And worked extremely hard, and has gotten back what, what has kind of gone unnoticed and untalked about. You know, when you have those, and you, you get back within a year, and then you have to deal with the weather that we we have up here right. early in the season. For him trying to get that thing warm between innings and and just move around has been really really tough. So there's no secret. He hit two yesterday against Ball State. We finally had I think it was the first day of this year that I've coached in short sleeps. So I think weather, uh, obviously, hopefully as it warms up, he will continue to heat up even more.
4: So Mitch Hannes is with us. I, uh, Rob, a listener, sent me this. He wanted me to ask you if you were more surprised that Mike hit two home runs yesterday or the fact that he actually had a walk. <laughs>
2: well... <laughs> I
4: think he got I, hit by I've, a pitch, too, I've, did he not, if if uh, the I've, box score says correct?
1: I actually turned to our pitching coach, Justin Hancock, yesterday during the game and said, you know, right now I don't know that I would throw Mike a strike. I'd throw him all balls and see if he'd swing at him. So, yeah, <laughs> I was really surprised that he said he did walk or, and even get hit. Oh,
4: it's so good right there. I You bring up the weather, too. And um, when you get off to slow starts, sometimes it is it is because of that. And that's just something – you can't do anything about. I love me some Terre Haute, don't get me wrong, but you know sometimes in March and in April it's not conducive you know, to being warm out there to play baseball. How, how do you prepare for that? You talk about especially with Mike and dealing with an injury you're trying to come back from. How, how do you deal with that, the weather, and certainly now hopefully we've made a change for the good, but how do you prepare for that with your program?
1: That, that's a tough one. I, I mean, I'm not one of those guys that uh, tries to be tough with someone else's body i mean I, I, I we try to be smart we you really can't go out and recreate some of those situations because i i don't like throwing our guys especially our pitchers out in the weather prior to the season i know a lot of coaches like to get out in scrimmage but i i think it has a cumulative effect on an arm if you get them out there too early and you throw in that cold weather so we do a lot indoors um we we hide from it as long as we can. I've gotten soft in my older age, and I, I don't like it either. So I, I, again, I think it's a there's a lot of fake toughness that I see, and it's what I really like about my group. They they don't make noise like they're tough, and they don't they're not going to come off like they're the toughest guy in the room. They're just study guys who don't leak a lot of the air. They just kind of sit there and take it and keep moving forward, and and they're truly in my opinion, tough kids because of that. And so the weather is just one of those things, like all the other things that you deal with. Yeah. You just deal with it. And, and so to, I don't like playing Michigan schools in the cold weather. Don't like playing Minnesota schools in the cold weather. So there are people have it a lot worse than us
4: yeah it's just uh, it just seems like in the the South you get such more much more of a running start in baseball because of uh the weather's a little bit more conducive Mitch Mitchchan is the head coach of Indiana State with us. You'll have to help me out what is the the criteria of hosting a baseball regional and where are you with that possibility your team with that in mind?
1: well, I'm gonna go back to the weather just one moment for you okay uh, if you don't mind yeah go ahead. Because I missed a really key point, and okay. it is that so many of these young players right now are being evaluated based on the numbers they put up in a season. Yeah. And it, it's truly unfair to the to our people in the Midwest because it's a lot tougher to put up numbers here early in the year than it is down in those Southern programs, for sure. So the fact that Mike Sears has 15 home runs in our climate, who knows how many he would have in Florida.
4: No, so I, that's I, a good I, point. I, yeah.
1: And I think, and I've talked to a few pro scouts about that. And I think that's something that they're talking about actually looking into a little bit more, but in terms of hosting, I mean, obviously there are going to be some guys that in a room and go through everybody's schedule. And if you are in the top 16 in the RPI, if you can finish there and they, they can't poke enough holes in your schedule. Um, and I like to, say all the time, to me, scheduling is about intent. You don't know two years out if you're going to get somebody that has a great year as well. Sometimes it's just luck of the draw, but if you're scheduling SEC teams, ACC teams, you're scheduling Big Ten teams, you're scheduling Big 12, whatever it might be, I I just feel like it becomes harder for them to poke holes in your schedule because our conference schedule is our conference schedule. We can't can't change that. But in terms of non-conference, I think right now our strength of schedule non-conference is number two in the country. And I, I think that shows as much intent of us going out and scheduling a hard non-conference. So if we land in that top 16, I I feel like it would be more than fair for Terre Haute to host a regional.
4: I, this is not an oh, woe is me closing question here, but um, w- would th- this group try to poke more holes into your schedule and or resume than they might others in, in baseball. Is that something you have to deal with too? Does that make sense the way I framed that?
1: Yeah, no, it it makes sense. I, I I mean, obviously, absolutely. Because as they poke holes, the the strength of your conference is going to come into play. Absolutely. And I, then you get into the entire conversation we have in every sport, right? Especially football. It was the SEC as good as we thought. It was the Big Ten as good as we thought? Was it? I mean, there's still a lot of human element that's going to go into this. And, and then on the backside of it, I'm I want to be really cautious because most people that said and bang the drum and and scream that they deserve it are the teams that go out quick. So some of this too is uh, hey, uh, whatever happens, happens. We'll go. We'll hopefully get in the tournament. We'll hopefully get to go somewhere and prove ourselves. If that's Terre Haute, That would be great. If that's Alaska,
4: hey, let's go. Love it. Mitch is right there, the head coach of the Sycamores, 11th presently, ranking-wise, 7th in RPI. And they get a, a set coming up with Murray State, then uh, Missouri on your way out to Springfield, Missouri, to close out the Missouri Valley portion of the season at uh, Missouri State. Just a, an incredible run. And Mitch Han is the head coach of the Sycamores on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. And nothing but the best. And if you don't mind, I'm going to get back with you uh, before the tail end of the season, and especially when you find out, you know, what's up. Again, I'll knock on wood here a little bit for you, um, postseason-wise. And, and we'll chat this up again, man. It's been great. And I'm incredibly, as a Sycamore grad, and I know a lot of others in this market, too, are also uh, Indiana State Sycamore grads. Very proud of what you guys have accomplished so far. Keep it going.
1: All right. I appreciate that. Appreciate it very much, Mitch. Thank you. Hey, thank you, JMV. I appreciate it, buddy.
4: It's uh, Mitch Hanna's right there, the head coach of Indiana State on the Andy Moore Automotive Group line. That for me, and I know all of you Indiana State grads, Indiana State fans out there. That was, and again, we got some local products on that squad too. That was awesome. Great accomplishment so far. Quick break. Back with you next.
6: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
0: The Ride with JMV. Are you kidding? 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan.
4: Hey, I got a run here. Mitch Hannes was outstanding. The baseball coach at Indiana State, 11th ranked. Seventh in the RPI, 21 of 22-1 recently. Just outstanding. Podcast, 107.5thefan.com. Kevin Bowen, Jeff Rabjohns, also there at 107.5thefan.com. LL Cool J tickets right now, number 9 at 239-1070. August, Gamebridge Fieldhouse, LL Cool J, number 9 at 239-1070. Mike Alcorn, thank you very much at CarX. 31, stop 11. I'll pay you a visit coming up tomorrow. I'll be right back here. James, great job. Three tomorrow with me. Have a great night.